This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. The Secrets of Star Wars, episode number two, recorded on June the 7th, 2013. back to the secrets of star wars the bi-weekly podcast at least right now where we talk about the new movies episode seven episode eight episode nine and the movies the standalone movies that will be produced in between those more epic ones joining me today just like last time is dom bettinelli hey dom hi father how's life in boston uh, it's going well. It's a rainy day today, but uh, that's that's not too bad for a, a summer day in Boston. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to talk about Star Wars. What else can we talk about here? And as promised last time, we will focus this time a little bit more on the story. Now, this, of course, is in a very early stage of the entire enterprise. We know literally almost nothing about the story. However, there might be things that we can deduce, that we can kind of almost assume will be part of the Star Wars movies. So that's that's kind of what we're uh, the, the approach that we're going to take. Um, but before we go and speculate about what will be in this movie, I want to take us back to the the uh, number of interviews that were given. Um, right around the time that we were recording our first episode, interviews with J.J. Abrams. Um, he had just finished, um, well, just finished the movie Star Trek Into Darkness had just come out. And so he made the rounds of all those talk shows. And of course, since Star Trek itself wasn't news anymore, people started talking about and asking him about Star Wars. And I found a couple of interviews online and I might play some sound clips because it's interesting. Um, and Speaking of Star Trek, I just watched that movie yesterday. We had to wait a couple of weeks before it uh, premiered in the Netherlands. I'm from the Netherlands and Thomas from the U.S. And I was very uh, impressed. Uh, you've seen it too, right? No. Yeah, um, oh, my gosh. I have small children, and I need to find a babysitter. Anyone who'd like to babysit so my wife and I can go to the movies, <laughs> I would I would be eternally grateful because I am – I'm as much of a Star Trek fan as I am a Star Wars fan, and uh, I always used to go on the very first day, and uh, it's killing me to uh, to avoid spoilers. Although I know a little bit about uh, some of the some of the things that were yes. kind of spoilery, but yes. um, but uh, I saw your six second review, Father, on Vine, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and uh, it got me excited all over again. <laughs> I that I, I recorded that, that that you know Vine is a, a service that's now available by the way on Android as well. Uh, and if you don't know it, um, it's like it it enables you to uh, record six second movies now or yeah little video clips. You might think, what can you say in six seconds? Well. I could say that I was excited that I loved the movie and that I <laughs> particularly appreciated all the references to the uh, the original series in the original movies and especially the second movie which in my opinion is still the best star trek movie out there the wrath of khan and um, actually for those of you that haven't seen uh, the new movie yet i i uh, really encourage you to go back watch those first two movies of uh, the original star trek series and uh, you'll enjoy into darkness even more mm. what it taught me was that abrams is very res well respectful towards the the heritage 
of Star Trek. And even though he took the story into a totally different direction and created that, you know, secondary timeline, that alternate timeline that uh, enables him to do whatever he wants with the characters, there were so many moments in the movie where I was like, wow, that is so cool. I bet you that half of the people that are here in the theater don't even know that this is a direct reference to what was done in the original series. And, um, and it's done with great taste. And there are a few moments in this movie where you can almost, it's almost like a flashback to those early movies. And that, to related to what we're talking about today, Star Wars, that really gives me a lot of hope for the way that he is going to approach Star Wars. He definitely knows that that is what we want and that he is able to cater both to a new audience that doesn't know Star Trek, or in this case, Star Wars. Uh, but also, he, he is respectful of, of the fans that have been following these movies from, from the moment they, uh, they hit theaters in the 70s. And um, I, I thought it was great. Um, the execution, last time that we had our show, I said that some of the reviewers uh, thought that this Star Trek movie was more like Star Wars with a different name. I don't I don't agree with that. I, I I still believe it was very much Star Trek in a sense that it is really about space. It's about exploration. It's about you know tensions between between uh, worlds, between planets, etc. Um, it's it's a bit more political also than Star mm. Wars is. I think that what a lot of the reviewers might want to say by that is that there is a lot of action which feels like Star Wars because it's with pursuits and it's like high speed and it's 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 even more uh, fast-paced than the first Star Trek movie. And in a way, Star Wars, at least the original movies, were also very fast-paced. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's hard to believe that um, there is so much in these Star Wars movies. But if you if you analyze it, I was rewatching um, uh, Return of the Jedi the other day and I was... The only moment in the movie where it's it's getting a bit long is uh, Tatooine. It's what hap- what happens with with Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. and then once they're off Tatooine, the movie just keeps speeding up, speeding up, and there are all these iconic iconic moments, and we all know the know them from the screenshots and from the memes that are doing the rounds, and yet the all those uh, uh, let's say epic moments sometimes last only two seconds or it's just a few frames, you know, and it's. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I, I recently got done uh, watching uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the uh, Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and you know that that was one of the things about the, those movies, especially in Phantom Menace, is there's a lot of action, but it doesn't move the story ahead. And right. I think that was one of the criticisms is you know so we have this long pod race that just seems to go on and on and on, but it's not advancing the story per se. Yes. Um, you know, for those who who criticize, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams for it's you know Star Trek that's more like Star Wars, I think they they're probably comparing that more to some of the TV series more than to the other seven or eight movies that they've that have been out there. I mean, they've the mo- movies are always more about action um, than it is about you know the development of a long story and character arcs, uh, or yes. at least science fiction movies <laughs> per se mm-hmm. um the, the modern incarnation of it uh, you know it is about action and moving the story forward uh, i think one one of the things that um the criticisms that i've heard if if uh, if i ever hear criticisms for the jj abrams star trek is that that maybe he he services the canon and the fans too much um 
I, I you know, I haven't seen the the second mm-hmm. one, but I've seen the first one. I don't think that's necessarily that it's too much, but it gives me hope that you know he's not going to take this franchise of Star Wars off in some crazy direction, and it's going to be something that fans don't recognize you know that it's servicing like you know trying to go after new fans and trying to open it up to a whole new generation and make you know uh, uh titanic in space or something crazy <laughs> like that but instead it's it, it, uh, my hope is is it's going to be you know like you know respect what has done been done before and build on that um and bring in a whole new generation I'm I'm convinced he will do that. And one of the things he says in a couple of those interviews is that the problem with Star Trek for him was he wasn't a Star Trek fan at all. He couldn't get into the philosophical part of it. And that actually challenged him a lot while making these two movies now. He wanted to make a Star Trek that he himself would enjoy. So he had to kind of spice up the action a lot. Uh, with Star Wars, he's very he's a huge Star Wars fan and he... he at one point even says, and we might actually get to that quote later on, uh, Star Wars is more epic in scope. The stories are bigger. Um, and I think that the, the the fact that he already mentions that to me tells me that these stories will be more epic than what we've seen in the Star Trek uh, movies. And, and you know, it, it had better be. <laughs> we want epic movies. <laughs> Let's listen to a short piece of an interview that he gave on the Howard Stern show. This is an interview from May 13th uh, this year, so it's already a bit old, but uh, here's here's the first part of that interview. What so this decision to Let me see if uh, can I make that a bit louder. Franchise. Uh, I think it's a no-lose. The last 3 that George Lucas made were horrible. Like, he ruined the franchise, which is perfect. I wouldn't want to walk into a franchise that had been, like, stellar for the last three pictures. Mm-hmm. You're going to come in there like Jesus Christ himself and save the franchise. It's such a great franchise. That's the way you looked at it, right? Well, the way I looked at it was that when I was a kid and I saw I saw Star Wars, it just blew my mind. And that feeling is something I hadn't felt in a long time. Right. And... The idea, uh, when I sat down with, with Kathy Kennedy, who's producing the movie, and she said, you know, basically, there are, you know, creatively... Uh, who is wh- Kathy Kennedy? She well, is... Kathy Kennedy is... She's, uh, as the president of ILM, uh, not ILM, of uh, Lucasfilm now. Right. She is... Uh, she worked with Steven Spielberg for years. She's a producer. She's... You don't have to talk to George Lucas at all? Well, I mean, I, I've known George, you know, for years. So, oh, you, have. you know, um, But the, the, the job... At hand is to basically, you know, tell a story, like tell, you know. But how does this story. all come about? Number, what's the business behind this thing? In other words, Lucas decides he sold the Star Wars franchise. He sold to, his whole company to, to Disney. Disney. Yeah. Disney, yeah. And now, I guess he has some say so in who is going to direct the Star Wars franchise. I, I have no idea what his contract is, but I can, right. I'm sure that. But he's involved. I'm sure that just even if it, you know, even if he sold it completely, he's going to be involved on something. Were you the first guy they went to to say, hey, we want you to direct Star Wars? Well, and then it goes on just saying how he got involved in a movie. What I, what I regret about this interview is that the interviewer interrupts him on a, at a moment that he's actually going to say something about the story. He's like, well, you know, this is telling a story, and then there's like, how did this come about? I don't care. Yeah, that's Howard Stern. He, and and the, the other thing about uh, Howard Stern is he, he doesn't he doesn't mince words, um, and he's not afraid of hurting people's feelings. So, I mean, he, he really just goes right in and says that the first three movies were, were horrible. And, and uh, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they were horrible. Um, yeah. not, they're not my favorites. But he makes an interesting point, which is, you know, 
the whoever makes this next movie has a big opportunity, which is the last three Star Wars movies that were made were not the best ones. So you have this open field in front of you, this grand opportunity to to make a movie that people will say this should have been Phantom Menace or whatever, and and to really restart this franchise in this in this gigantic way. I think that's exactly why they wanted J.J. Abrams, because he's shown that he's able to do that, <laughs> if anyone yeah. can do this. And uh, the fact that he's a Star Wars fan um, tells me that uh, he is going to – I think he's going to go back to the roots. There are many indications that they want to go uh, – literally for this restart, they want to go back to what made the first Star Wars movie so great. And can we, can we go back to that? Even literally going back to the places where we filmed the, the Star Wars mm-hmm. four, five, and six, can we can we bring that back? It, to me, there are many indications that um, th- these new movies are going to be much more like the old trilogy than the Phantom Manas and you know the clones and stuff. Uh, the other interview that I want to play a little bit of is an interview that Abrams did on the Daily Show. With John Stewart, a very funny interview. Uh, definitely want to recommend everyone to go watch the entire thing on YouTube or wherever it's posted. Um, Stewart is a huge Star Trek fan and is well interested in Star Wars, but not that much. And uh, with Abrams, it's kind of the opposite. So uh, it's, it's, there's a, there's an interesting tension there in that in that interview. Uh, they talk about the differences between Star Trek. And Star Wars, uh, and and I think John Stewart uh, asks a question that we all all ask: is how different is this going to be from Star Trek? Um, and J.J. Abrams says time and again, it is so different. Yes, there are stars, there is space, but that's about it. <laughs> and then he says something very interesting uh, in the first part of the interview. He says, you know, uh, Star Trek is more political. It's about this uh, ideal society in the future. Um, it's basically about our world in a mirror in, of, in, and wrapped in, in science fiction wrapping. Star Wars is much more like a samurai story in a Western wrapping. Ra- wrapping. Mm. So it's, it's much more epic. It is more of a mythical story. And um, I thought it was very interesting because we know that George Lucas took a lot of his ideas for uh, A New Hope and for Empire Strikes Back from um, the old uh, Kurosawa, I always forget his name. Yeah, Kurosawa, yeah. Kurosawa movies. Yeah. Um, and again, it's this is J.J. Abrams saying this uh, on, on a television show. To me, it tells me that that, too, is one of those sources that he will go back to to make sure that we recognize it as a Star Wars movie. They have to. So for us, as hosts of this podcast, it will be very interesting to perhaps go back to those old movies and see if there are any stories that George Lucas hasn't mined yet and see if there is anything that might be compatible with the type of story that we expect in in these new movies. I wouldn't be surprised if they will take... uh, some of those storylines and just you know use them just just as 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 George Lucas did and perhaps George Lucas himself did the, did that already in his sketch of what what these stories are going to be about so in the second part of the interview um there's a, a very brief clip that I want to play let's uh, let's first listen 
if it plays, of course, that's always a... If you approach the actors the way you approach the script, which is from the inside out, right. and just talk to them, you, you, the, the, the worst mistake you can make is talking sort of at an actor. Right. But you, this is what you do. You, this is, you're going to be a natural. It's trying... So they're, they're talking about a movie that uh, Jon Stewart is going to direct, and, but this is kind of a short thing that he says, but again, uh, fills me with hope. He's talking about his direct directorial style and about involving the actors instead of just talking to him. And, and this is, to me, sounds like a bit of a criticism of George Lucas's style because he was definitely the type of director that would talk to mm -hmm. uh, the actors and just tell them, hey, I want you to smile at exactly this second. And <laughs> here Abrams is like, that doesn't make sense. In I'm a sense, treating the actors as part of the technology like the green screen and the yes. special effects, instead of as uh, integral human uh, uh, partners in the enterprise that they're that they're engaging in, and and as storytellers themselves. Yes, I think that 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 is something that everybody agrees on. What made uh, Empire Strikes Back such a great movie was that uh, uh, the actors were very much involved in, not really in the the overall story, but in the delivery of some parts of that story, and it has to fit. Uh, the character of the actor and his style and if it, if it doesn't fit if it's something um, artificial and it's just an actor saying lines like a robot you get this robotic acting that we've seen in the prequels and I, I think especially uh, Hayden was was a victim of that his yeah. his younger Hayden you know the when he's rebelling against uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi it felt so artificial and so whiny and so not right. <laughs> it, you didn't get a sense that this was, you know, the the strongest uh, Jedi ever who held the balance of the right. I mean, the universe in his hands. I mean, this was just, you know, it was annoying. You waited for for Obi Wan to to slap him upside yeah. the head, <laughs> give him a force slap, and and but, if if. Obi-Wan didn't slap him. We were all slapping him in our minds. <laughs> exactly. Come on, get a grip. It's just a girl, you know? <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, that, that whole thing, uh, the, the, the whole romantic thing was just awkward, and it, it felt forced and never felt natural. Yeah. But, you know, the thing with J.J. Abrams with actors is that he has this, like, like I think with Lost, when they cast Lost, they had a few characters in mind, but they, they actually... That for many of the cast, mm -hmm. they they auditioned the actors and created a character based on the best actors they got. Interesting. And and while I don't think that's necessarily this going to be the same thing with with Star Wars, you have to, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. May, maybe they're going to do that, but um, but in the sense of the, it's it's his mindset is, is to take the best actors and make them part of the story, um, as opposed to try to find someone who fits this character that you've created and, the, and shoehorn them in. And I think that, that to me is, is, is the best way to, to, to create a story like this with, a, with an ensemble, with a group of people making the story. Yes, and I think the casting process is uh, vital in this. If they have the script uh, and they know what kind of characters they want, and um, again, this is some of the things that we might speculate about in the second part of our show today, uh, they need to probably have an ensemble cast that will last longer than one movie. It's, it's almost obvious that there will mm -hmm. be another group of three, four, five characters that we will see in all these three movies. And so in the casting process, they need to find people that match that, just as they did with the Harry Potter movies, where we all know mentally 
uh, we have a picture in our mind of 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 a an archetype of Harry Potter, uh, of of a Hermione, of a Ron Weasley, and then seeing that they found the exact actors and they they interviewed I don't know tens of thousands of kids, but I I really feel that they found exactly the people that you they they embodied those characters they were the characters that we knew from the from the books and i think in this case that is going to be probably even more important than the script itself finding the actors that can that actually already are the people <laughs> that you want to have in those movies right. and and and, to, and they need to have a lot of chemistry if they don't have chemistry it it, it will fail it will fail miserably <laughs> there was great chemistry in that original cast even t- even to the guys in the suits you know uh, whether it's chewbacca yes. or you know oh, yeah. or uh, 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 c3po i mean there was that that great connection um, that i mean it's almost the lightning in a bottle you just you, 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 you can't plan for it but it it just happens um, and and i'm i'm hopeful that uh, that jj abrams is 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 a good enough director that uh, we'll see that sort of chemistry again. Yeah, and I, actually I don't know who's going to do the casting, but it might be interesting to see. Uh, mm. It's it's usually women, by the way, that are very, very good at, at casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be interesting to see what other movies they've been working on, and perhaps that we can... Uh, um, talk about that in, in one of our future shows. But today, yeah. as promised, we want to talk about the story. So uh, for the last episode, we, we we just had too much to talk about. So I made a list of things that we almost know for sure will be part of the movie. So let's just go through that list and I'd love to hear your take on on all these different elements and whether you think they'll be part of the first movie or of all of the three or well the the first thing we know of course is the movie will start with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I mean, that's compulsory. If yes. they take that away, I'm walking out of the theater right it, that very moment. It, it can't be Star Wars without it. it just yes. Be. Actually, there's quite a bit of discussion in the fan world. Uh, people are upset that these, these movies will be distributed by Disney because it means we won't have the famous... Uh, 20th century Fox fanfare, which was so much so iconic to the Star Wars movies that it even ended up on the official soundtracks of the movie. If you you buy the soundtrack, the fanfare is part of it. And that's going to be strange. And I tell you, every time I watch any Blu-ray or, or go to the movies and and for that's a Fox film, and I hear that fanfare, there's just something in the back of my mind, that little piece of my, my mind yeah. that says Star Wars is coming. Yeah, it's just it, there's something about it that it it, it is yeah, and it, it'll be interesting. Will they make some type of um, acknowledgement of that? Will John Williams put something like that in? I don't think so. I mean, I think they're uh, yeah. just going to do the, the the regular Disney castle and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll just be Disney. I mean, they want to make <laughs> sure that that everybody knows that this is now Disney property. It's a new era. Yes. Yeah. But, but I it, wonder if he'll incorporate it a little bit into whatever themes he writes for the soundtrack. I don't know. I'm just I, kind of throwing it out there. I don't the, think so. It, it, I think it'll just start with the regular Star Wars uh, theme that we know. Yeah, that um, big blast of music right off the bat. Yes. Well, the, the, the big advantage, of course, is that the the when the lines appear uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There's no music underneath. Yep. 
So that right. gives you a bit of a emotional break. <laughs> so <laughs> even if you miss, even if you're just like, what is this castle? Get get it, get out of here with that Disney stuff. It will still give you two seconds where you you can try to forget about it, and then. I- yeah, and I think we'll see the green Lucasfilm logo. We'll see a long time ago in a galaxy oh, far, far away, yeah, and then we we'll see we'll see the. Um, uh, I think we'll see the Star Wars logo against the star field with a blast of brass, and yes. that will be, and, and and it will say, "This is Star Wars. It's back." Yes, and it will be exactly the same John Williams mu- music. John Williams Williams, by the way, has already confirmed uh, that he's in. For yeah. uh, for episode seven, and uh, he actually spoke to Zap to it. No idea what that is. I suppose it's a magazine <laughs> or something like that. Um, and he spoke about both Star Wars episode seven and about uh, Superman because, of course, everybody's going to miss his music in the new Man of Steel movie. Um, and, and, and let me just briefly read what he says about Star Wars. Um, he says, we've certainly talked about that, um, and I'm happy and willing to do it. J.J. Abrams, who will be the director, seems excited about the idea. I have to say that J.J. is a much younger man than I, but I will try to keep up with him as much as I can. It's almost as if they've already talked. <laughs> yes, that's, I, I think so. The imminent birth of a new Star Wars iteration intrigues Williams in general. We now have the benefit of all this computer simulation and technical work that wasn't even possible 20 or 25 years ago, he reasons. I don't know how hands-on George Lucas will be. I expect he will be to some degree, but I can only imagine how excited he must be to have a director like J.J. have all these tools at his fingertips to produce something even more adventurous technologically. I can't wait to see what he will do with it. So, feels very excited. (laughs) He's very eager. So... Yeah, and God forbid that they will ever find another um, uh, composer to to do these Star Wars movies. Uh, Hans Zimmer doing the Star Wars theme. Uh, oh, no. oh no! I mean, Hans Zimmer is fine in himself, but John Williams is Star Wars. If any, if any composer is connected to any mm-hmm. uh, franchise, it, it's those two. They, or they Alexander might... Courage in Star Trek, maybe, but this is it. They might change the composer now that I think of it for the standalone movies. Also to make them different, because if, if imagine you've seen Star Wars Episode Seven, and then a year later you get this theme movie about I don't know the younger years of Yoda or of Yoda or a Boba Fett movie, and you get the same opening with a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and the 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 theme and the Star Wars and the scroll. Uh, some people might be confused. It's like I thought this was the sequel. What is Boba Fett doing here? I thought he was dead. <laughs> Well, and that's the interesting thing is, is what is essentially Star Wars? I mean, what what do we need to have that that must continue from from the film between all of these, you know, films from different uh, yeah. threads of the stories in the Star Wars universe? What must must be in common between them? And that's that's a good question. And we, I don't know that we're going to be able to tell that until they get into production on these movies. But uh, yeah, we, we've seen the scroll and the music, by the way, also in. Uh, of course, lots of other uh, spin-offs uh, than mm-hmm. just the epic movies. We, we've even even video games had the scroll and the music and everything, so it didn't really bother anyone there. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Now, what is your prediction? We've seen uh, um, from uh, after the opening scroll, the first three movies had a pan down. Um, the other, there was one movie at least I think where it was a pan up, right? With the, the 
we uh, saw the planet. We saw. Didn't we see Coruscant? Coruscant in Coruscant Attack of, uh, in, Revenge of the Sith, I think it was. Right. And you're like, wow, the planet is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Will we get a pan down? Will we get a, like a sideways pan after that? Of course, this is pure speculation. But <laughs> uh, So I'll, I'll, I'll throw my pure speculation out there. It will be a, uh, a pan uh, down to a ship in space being chased. That's, I think that's exactly what I thought. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to go all the way back to uh, a new hope and, yeah. and, and make that connection. And, uh, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a millennium Falcon being chased by somebody. <gasps> How cool would that be? If and, the first uh, ship we see is the millennium Falcon. I mean, can you imagine people standing on their s- seats? It's going to be, <sighs> and <sighs> let me go is... one step further. It will think it's going to be Han Solo and Chewbacca flying it, but it will not be Han Solo. It will be, <gasps> The um, Leia and Han's uh, children. Oh, their, I love kids. that. <laughs> I love that idea. And then they return and the, the ship is damaged. And then Han Solo is like, what have you done to my ship? Dad, it's not your ship anymore. <laughs> I, 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 that's my, well, I think that's oh, a good That is a great idea. That would be, I think you're right. Having the Millennium Falcon at the beginning of the movie, that will immediately, I think, uh, be instant success. Everybody will be excited about that because we've not seen the Millennium Falcon in the in the prequels. Exactly, which actually that did kind of surprise me because we knew in in the in the, the the original three that the Millennium Falcon was already old. So I was kind of surprised in the prequels that there was never even a ship of that class seen. So yeah. it'll be nice to see her fly again. Mm, absolutely. And uh, uh, talking about you know connecting with the existing uh movies just that ship is so iconic yes uh, it would be cool it, to see like uh, a new version of x-wing fighters a bit like what they did in Battlestar galactica where they took the old design and then just kind of changed it a little bit and uh in in, in many ways it's it, actually this process is might be similar to what they did with uh, Battlestar Galactica where they kind of took what existed and even the visual vocabulary and yet had to upgrade it a little bit and change it yeah and the interesting thing to think about too uh in that vein is uh we no longer have Ralph McQuarrie with us the 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 man who created sure. all of the visual language of Star Wars he he died in 2012 so there will be a uh, you know a new visionaries to create, you know, what does the the next evolution of the X-wing look like? What does, uh, you know, the 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 future droids and spaceships and all that sort of thing? What does what does what does the world of Star Wars look like? And there'll be someone new who hopefully is building on uh, what Ralph McQuarrie did. Well, but Ralph McQuarrie wasn't all, was was involved very much in kind of the broad scope of these movies and the planet mm-hmm. and uh, planets and 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 some of the vistas but the i think the design of a lot of the ships especially in the later movies uh was handled by people from ILM and for, uh, by there were some people that were um working um on the top floor of Skywalker Ranch's main building mm-hmm. and uh uh, and they were just basically the only thing they did was create, create, create uh, both monsters and 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 uh, and ships and vehicles and stuff. And then uh, George Lucas would come in and say, "I like that one. I don't like that one. Change this one a little bit." Very similar to what uh, Peter Jackson does with the, all the de- designs for The Hobbit. Right. But I think a lot of those people will be around for these movies as well. And they've already shown uh, with the prequels that they are able to um, kind of. Y- 
use that vocabulary. I thought that sometimes in 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 the prequels they the ships looked too new, too shiny, and that was kind of the way in which they tried to differentiate from the gritty look of the of the spaceships in um, in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, there were quite a few moments where it just really felt like Star Wars and the design of some of the, especially when, of course, when they go to Tatooine and you see all mm-hmm. that stuff. And even, it, even, even with the, um, uh, the Old Republic uh, in, the, in the video game, um, it, it, it it's, looks very different from the Star Wars movies, and yet it is still the same kind of design inspiration. Yeah, the, the the one thing they've always done is, is they've maintained this idea of this evolution and that the technology is connected, you know, over time. Uh, yeah. So there's, you know, you can see the roots of the A-wing fighter from a new, you know, from the the, the original trilogy in uh, um, Attack of the Clones, and you can see the roots of the X-wing in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and and so I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see that evolution go forward. Uh, into these new movies and see what you know what what how they evolve those things and just as important as the design of the of the visuals of the vehicles of the the planets will be the sound of the movie and the sound of star wars is perhaps it's 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 what's most forgotten but it it is absolutely capital to you know whether you have a star wars movie or not and ben burt of course is the sound expert who has been involved in not just in the star wars movies but in so many of the other great movies uh even even pixar movies like uh a wally he he created all those sounds and um he he was the one who came up with the sounds for r2d2 when they were filming uh the the movies especially a new hope that they didn't even know what r2d2 would sound like and uh it's, it's sometimes there's behind the scenes material where someone is doing the sounds of r2 and it's like beep beep bleep bleep <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cool to hear what what Ben Burt was able to do with it same thing with the voice of Darth Vader with the voice of C3PO all that all those all those iconic sounds and those the way they transformed those voices it's all Ben Burt and I am 100% certain that he will be back for uh this trilogy as well and I think that um I'm I'm already looking forward uh, to the the kind of new sounds and languages that he's going to create uh because you can you can bet that there will be new characters like is there going to be a Wookiee or is there going to be something that is going to take the place of a Wookiee and what, how will that sound? You know, um, I will add that we can pretty much guarantee that we will hear the Wilhelm scream as well. Yes. Uh, if, if for folks who aren't aware of, uh, there's this, um, scream. And if you go on YouTube, you can find compilations from all these movies and it's this sound effect of a guy screaming, usually falling from a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's the same scream over and over, and it's taken from this old uh, movie, The Charge at Feather River. Um, but it, you hear it in uh, uh, New Hope when a stormtrooper falls into the big uh, chasm and, and in, other, in other, other of his films. So we'll also hear the Wilhelm scream, I'm sure of it. Yes. Here's a short compilation of the Wilhelm scream in some of those movies. I hope there's... Uh, it's loud enough. Let's see. Wilhelm! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe. This is a movie from 1953. Ah! You hear that? Ah! <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number three. This is the same movie. 
This is a movie from 1954. <laughs> Some big space space monster. Number five, etc., etc. Let's see if they also show some uh, young Indiana Jones. There he is again. <laughs> Batman Returns, 1992. <laughs> Once you know what it sounds like, <laughs> you know you recognize it all the time. Let's yeah, see. I- when I was a kid, well, years ago, when Star Wars Dark, Dark Forces, the video game was out, um, uh-huh. I think it came in 1995. I played it on, the, on, a, on an old Mac. But um, that I remember, like, constantly, that was the sound they used every time a, a, a stormtrooper got shot. <laughs> oh, no. It constant. So uh, it's, it's very funny uh, to, to hear that. And, and so I th- I'm, I'm nearly certain we will hear the Wilhelm scream. Very good point. Here, here's the Star Wars uh, Wilhelm screams. This is uh, Star Wars... This is when they are about to swing over the, the chasm there, and one of the yep. stormtroopers falls into the. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. This is uh, just before or after Han Solo uh, gets into the, uh, the the carbon freezer. It's very, very briefly in the background, but basically mm. um, Chewbacca throws a, a stormtrooper off the platform where they're standing. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, etc., etc. So, yes, good point. There will be <laughs> Wilhelm screams. <laughs> um, then, of course, let's talk about the both the old characters and the new characters. I think we can... Be, we are certain that there will be another ensemble cast. We've seen that, and I, th- I th- this might consist of four characters, three mm-hmm. of which are human. That seems to be the thing. So, original trilogy, Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie. And Chewie, yeah. of course, is integral part of that, of that team. Then in the prequels, we had Anakin, Padme, Obi-Wan, and Jar Jar. And it's very much Luke, Anakin... Leia, Padme, Han, Obi-Wan, and uh, Chewie, Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. And I wish that Jar Jar would just growl <laughs> instead of talk. <laughs> so I think that we're going to see the same thing. There's going to be two men. There's going to be one woman. Um, the question is, are these going to be the children of Han and Leia? Or perhaps even Luke? And even, yeah, Luke's, uh, if, you know, Luke, we can, you know, we could guess that, Luke gets married, maybe. I don't know. Do I mean there was that implication in uh, the in uh, Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith that that Jedi didn't marry or didn't fall in love. True, uh, but True. I don't know that that was a hard and fast rule. So uh, in the in the books that that came out to Timothy Zahn books and the ones that followed, which are were considered canon mm-hmm. in that Lucasfilm approved every yes. every major plot point. Um, Luke did find uh, someone that he eventually married and, and that sort of yeah. thing. He married uh, Mara Jade. Uh, so yes. Mara Jade uh, Skywalker, she used to be a smuggler. Um, and then, you know, that she actually hates uh, 
Luke Skywalker at first, and then they fall in love. So it's very much uh, um, kind of a, a rehashing the uh, the, uh, the the kind of the antagonism between Princess Leia and Han Solo, and then of yeah. course finally the two improbable partners get together and marry. Like, like, yes, like a, a million TV series and movies. That I've, I've always been bothered, by the way, that 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 they allowed that to happen. I thought that Luke Skywalker should have stayed a single Jedi. It's probably it's probably because I'm a priest and I'm just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw, throw a if bone to I the were priest, Luke. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's interesting because you think about the Luke is restarting the Jedi Order. I mean, I think that's that's that is going to be part of this too. That oh. Luke was the last Jedi. Yes. And I think an essential part of any story, you know, it, Jedi is Star Wars. I mean, you got to have Jedi in Star yeah, Wars, and so right. you can't have Luke be the only Jedi. So my my, I think one of the things we'll see is that there will have been the refounding of the Jedi Order. That there are new Jedi, um, and you know, hey, he's the he's the only Jedi. He can make the new rules, I suppose. I mean, there's no one true. to tell him he can't unless the the the, the Force ghosts come back and well, tell that's him he's true. Doing I mean, wrong. Luke Skywalker has never been to the Jedi Council because, well, <laughs> he never got got around to. Uh, to that but so you're you're right he he could be married however on the other hand i you know i, w- I wouldn't be upset if he wasn't married and if we discover yeah. that they kind of threw the entire existing um extended universe into the the, the garbage can I, I i wouldn't miss it i mean i like the stories i like them very much it's the only true star wars that we've had for a while now especially the first books that appeared were so close to the feel of the original movies that um i i love them for that but now i'm at a point that i wouldn't be against them just going back to what what made obi-wan's uh, kenobi such a a great character he was this monk almost this hermit mm-hmm. this this unassuming guy very much a, uh, like yoda will be in in empire where you think it's an old guy, and then he turns out to be this huge, this warrior who has this mastery of the force. And I was sad that that he died so early. And I can imagine that with Luke, he's going to take the place of of the Obi Wan archetype, and he will be this yeah. old. You know what? They might even uh, uh, get around it by not even mentioning um, his past. He might be just. They're old and, you know, no one around doesn't say anything about his his wife or whether he was married or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's that there is something to be said for like. So if you have Han and Leia are married uh, to have uh, a contrast in Luke, who never did and uh, has stayed this solitary figure. I mean, there's that there's a that could be an interesting um, character contrast between them. Yeah. I mean, Luke is part of their family, but yet he's this the solitary figure who has, you know, taken it upon himself to be the the, the found the Jedi. And so he sacrificed uh, so much else of his own life in you order to in, to do that. You know what I'm thinking? Um, what if and again, Dear listeners, this is pure speculation, but that's the fun of this show, right? <laughs> what if after the scroll, the opening scroll, we pan down to Tatooine and mm. we see this chase of the Millennium Falcon? I love that idea. I hope it's going to be in it. Um, and we actually discover that Luke is back on Tatooine and he lives just like Obi-Wan lived. Completely mm. remote from everything. He's retired. He's on that sandy planet. He actually might be just sitting there in the same buildings as his uncle and uh, might have rebuilt them and he's drinking his blue milk. 
And he finally <laughs> got those, you know, uh, the, 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 the converters. <laughs> <laughs> or he's in charge of Tashi Station. I mean, yeah, you can I, hang out at Tashi Station. <laughs> I would love it if we go back. I mean, again, you want to repeat, you, you want to evoke the old trilogy. And mm-hmm. if if Luke ends up being this wise old Jedi, I think it makes sense that just like Yoda, he's going to be back on Tatooine. And then, of course, the big question is, why is he there? Um, because there needs to be turmoil. That's another absolute given. There has to be a crisis. Otherwise, you have no story to tell. So in the, the opening scroll, I think we will learn that we thought that everything was well after uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. However, uh, it's not. And one of the again I'm just completely losing myself here in speculation but what if uh, the Jedi Order that he founded is now corrupt again and that some of the Jedi have turned to the dark side I mean that's kind of the risk same thing yeah and then Luke Luke, uh, because he can't you know he's either pushed out or he he leaves because he he can't stand to see how things have changed, or that the the Jedi have become political, or or um, yeah. too much of uh, as as we might say uh, in a Christian circles of the world, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like like hermits of old, like uh, uh, Saint Anthony of the Desert, say he's gone out to to go live in a, in the desert and to uh, and to to meditate on the Force, and he might become the the quest giver for mm-hmm. whoever is the new hero or are the new heroes. He might actually. Uh, be called upon just as Princess Leia did um, with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke might be, you know, their only hope and he might, you know, know what to do. And so I, I can totally see them go back to Tatooine and we will find Luke on Tatooine. And this, uh, again, it's not completely devoid of, of, of sense because uh, in another interview, J.J. Abrams was asked about what his favorite movie was of the uh, you know, of all those six Star Wars movies. So let's listen. He's actually, he's he's been asked, this is an interview by a huge Star Wars and Star Trek fan. Um, and uh, there are two important questions here for Star Wars fans. Let's listen. Uh, I have to ask the, the, the tough question right now. Who shot first? Uh, I would argue that there was only one shot. What, what do you think about the, the prequels? Do you, uh, do you like them? Is there something that you... You know, I, I gotta say, uh, as someone who is such a Star Wars fan, without question, uh, my favorite movies were the, uh, the original films. And it's a funny thing, because a lot of my friends have this debate where they say, oh, Empire Strikes Back is clearly the better movie. And um, I don't know, I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Star Wars, the original film. Uh, I, I love you know, Empire as well, um, but there's something about Star Wars, the original, that, uh, do you have a, a preference? Return of the Jedi. This was that's your favorite one. That's because it was the first one that I saw oh, on was? big screen. Oh, it was like there you go. Yeah, 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 right, right. Seven years sure, old. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a soft spot for Ewoks. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, but but I think that that, that um, it's a it's an incredibly exciting prospect. You know, working on that. So, all right. So. Well, that's about that's about all he says all the time when they ask him about the prequels. It's exciting. That's the only thing I'm going to say. It's exciting, <laughs> but it's interesting to see his. Facial expressions, when he talks about uh, A New Hope, his face lights up. And I think I know why he loves that movie so much, because it's an origin story. It's, it's, it's really, the, to me, it's the essence of Star Wars. It is basically this, this young boy who is, is the most unlikely savior 
and then this growth to becoming this Jedi. And uh, if if you look at how Abrams reused some of the fundamental themes of the original Star Trek into these two movies that we've seen right now, um, that too is kind of like the how did Kirk become Kirk? How did he become the captain of the Enterprise? The, f- the, the first movie is about that story. And again, it's like Kirk is totally unlikely to be this great captain because he's 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 a he's just a punk, you know. <laughs> he has no responsibility, <laughs> and yet he turns out to be because of his his other qualities. He he becomes this captain, and that's why you're so excited by this story because you're rooting for this guy and you want to find out how he became uh, that starship captain. And I think with I wouldn't be surprised if the first movie of the new trilogy will also be an origin story in a certain way, and it will have to there has to be a crisis there has to be uh, a quest giver i think it's going to be luke and there have to be uh new heroes but we might think that they are not up to the task so there's going to be this is going to be a uh, not an, really an origin story of star wars as such or the force but it will be the origin story of the new of the new crew of the new team you have to establish these characters so you have to tell us where they came from so it's going to be i think a character based movie uh, in many ways. Yes, yes, uh, I agree with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, now, do, do you think the children of Leia and Han, if they have children, because again, that's part of the extended universe, will mm-hmm. they? Will they be? Will Will they be twins? Will they be involved in the story, or do we need something totally different, like unrelated to Leia and Han? We know that they are going to be in the movies. I mean, there's a, in an interview, uh, Mark Hamill uh, confirmed that that um, Carrie Fisher is in Star Wars, and uh, also says that he is pretty sure that um, uh, Harrison Ford Harrison Ford is also on yep. board. Uh, it's one of those things. I, I mean, it's sort of the those of us who are fans are, are. I think we almost assume that it's going to be their children. I mean, it's the next generation, but you know, it's. It's not certain. I mean, it, it's a wide open. It's a wide open vista here. It's not even like the prequels where we knew where the story had to go in order to get to a new hope. This is wide open. It, it can do anything, and they could be there, but maybe they're just mentors. Maybe yeah. they just have a cameo. I mean, that would be that would be that wouldn't. I, I think if they just show up in a cameo and kind of wave at the new characters and and, and shuffle off, I think that's a waste. Uh, and I and mm-hmm. I and I. And I hope they don't do that. Um, uh, probably more likely, like, again, to go back to Star Trek again, unfortunately, you know, with um, Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. in uh, – no, I hope they don't do a time travel thing because that's not – Oh, that's no, not no, 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 no. But, you know, you have like that the, – the, 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 the previous generation handing things off to the next generation in an integral way, in a, in a very important way. And so I, I feel like they're, they're going to be integral to it. But uh, I – I feel like that the, their children, you know, like they will, that the children of Han and Leia are going to be there. But I, I, I'm not, I am not certain. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it's all speculation. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like the J.J. Abrams might, might want to say, I'm doing something that's connected to the past, but it's new, yes. and we're, we're setting, we're, we're creating a new story. So I don't know. In that but respect, it, it would be fitting if Luke, Leia, and Han were introduced much later in the story. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and not being the, okay, here are the old guys, and now we're going to go to the new. And it's their children. It would be the, the, the cheesy thing to do, almost. Right, right. It would, yeah, almost. But I, yes. I, I can imagine a situation where somehow in this opening crisis, uh, we will get to know the protagonist. And again, I cannot leave that idea of the Millennium Falcon being uh, helmed by two new characters that we don't know. <laughs> and they're just like, and then. Uh, perhaps Han and Leia bringing them to Luke, who is on Tatooine, and mm -hmm. because you know there is this crisis or whatever. Yeah, I, I think there also has to be uh, an alien character, Chewie, Jar Jar. Do, do you, by the way, do you think we will see Chewie again if Han is there? Uh, Wookies are very old, right? They yeah, I mean they're they're age. incredibly long lived, hundreds and hundreds of years. I wouldn't be surprised. If Chewie ends up being like R two D two and C three PO, which is he's the continuity. Um, um, well, were... I, we, maybe we'll talk about the, the the droids in a sec. But you know, I think mm -hmm. it would be not, it would be good to have sort of Chewie as that 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 fourth figure in that ensemble who is that continuity from the past and and in, in a very you know maybe subconscious way displaces Jar Jar yes. from from that and and says this is when we have the non-human character this is really what we need to have. It's also interesting to see when the the, the guy that interviewed JJ uh, Abrams talks about Ewoks. You see Abrams like his face is like oh uh, Ewoks uh huh okay that's good for you but he wasn't really like oh yeah I love those Ewoks they're gonna be back no I don't think we will see any Ewoks <laughs> that's nice <laughs> yeah good for you what was your name again no, but uh, Chewie definitely I think a Wookie would really be cool and uh, let's not forget we've seen Wookies in uh, the prequels as well on the Wookie planet that was pretty cool although it, it just lost its impact there were too many Wookiees and it just didn't have much character I thought yes in a way Chewie was special because he was the only walking carpet but if you see an <laughs> entire planet full of Wookiees you're just like yeah okay okay oh and and for those of us who've been fans for a very long time there was that uncomfortable flashback to the Christmas special yes and that was <laughs> that might be why some of us were a little leery of the that scene set on the Wookiee planet well, that's another given there will be no singing in the new Star Wars <laughs> Star however Wars the musical <laughs> we already touched upon it but R2D2 and C3PO have to be back they do uh, I think it's a given I think like the like the opening scroll in John Williams' music, Star Wars is as identified with those two droids as with anything else. Originally, and, Lucas said that um, he conceived of the the entire story. And uh, in, 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 this was from one of those uh, old Japanese movies where I think the story was told from the perspective of two peasants or something like that. They get mm -hmm. involved in this big adventure, and f for him. You know, R2-D2 and C-3PO were the equivalent uh, narratively. They are actually our perspective. And yeah. the stories that we see are their stories. And it's yeah. very interesting to... And this was a big debate, I remember, when we were speculating about the prequels. How much do they know? Uh, when uh, The Phantom Menace was still in the making, we knew at one point that we would see C-3PO being built by Anakin Skywalker, which was already so weird as a concept. It's like, why doesn't he recognize uh, C-3PO uh, later on when he's Darth Vader? Um, and why doesn't uh, C-3PO recognize Anakin? And, and then it's explained that, that uh, C-3PO has his uh, memory wiped out. 
Um, however, there's always been this feeling that R2-D2 has not been memory wiped. Right. And, and you've got that one phrase in um, uh, the beginning of, of uh, A New Hope when they uh, both the droids are on Tatooine and C-3PO is like, what, what, what makes you think there are settlements over there? And R2 is like, he's convinced he has to go that way. Why? Because he's already been there. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so in, in a way, if they – well, they're certainly not going to wipe their memories now. So it means that only R2-D2 actually is going to be the, the droid that really was in all these stories or has a memory of everything that happened. <laughs> C-3P only yeah. has three movies in his head <laughs> right now. R2-D2 is, is, a, is sort of a brilliant character. He's the, he has so much personality, never says a word, you know, bleeps and bloops, but he's there and he's part of, part of everything and is, in many times, essential to saving everyone. Yes. I mean, without R2-D2, they, they all would have been dead a hundred times over in, in all six movies. He's, um, he's like a dog. <laughs> he's he's lassie. <laughs> yeah, he he is like a dog. He's like he's he's always faithful. He's cheerful. He can have his quirks, and sometimes he's very <laughs> stubborn. But ultimately, he always saves the day. Um, yeah, yeah. You cannot lose R two D two and C three PO. It might mean that we will uh, see uh, the actors back as well, although not necessarily. Perhaps just the voice of C three PO. Yeah, Anthony Daniels will probably be very willing to do to provide the voice i'm not sure if he wants to step into the <laughs> costume again because it, it involves a lot of weight loss <laughs> yes <laughs> um now let's go over a few other uh points uh, that we might that might be part of the story uh before we end the show i think what I already mentioned, I think this, this especially this first new movie will be about you know starting with humble beginnings ending in victory there's, there's got to be the, like this evolution from you think everything is lost and unlikely heroes to, you know, the them saving the day. Right. There have to be lightsaber duels. Star Wars is lightsabers. You yeah. cannot not have lightsabers. And Jedi, by the way, for that matter. Of course. There will be space scenes. But again, it will be it won't be like Star Trek. At one point, uh, while watching Into Darkness, I was like, you know what? I'm a bit fed up with all this space. I wish there were more planets. <laughs> and there, there, there is a, there is, there are planets in the beginning of the movie, but then you're like, oh gosh, I wish they would just, they would just go somewhere, you know? Just, <laughs> just it's an, enough with all the space. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of space. Anyway, uh, but there have to be some fights or anything. Uh, there have, to, there has to, has to be a great new villain. Mm. I mean, Star Wars. Ultimately, Darth Vader was such an iconic villain. I think even in the extended universe uh, with uh, General, what's what's his name? Thrawn. The, blue, the blue guy. Yeah, Thrawn. Yeah, General Thrawn. I think the books were so successful because in, in him, there was a match for Darth Vader. That was such a brilliant villain. Yes. And so you need something like that. And and if if you're going to have lightsaber duels, you, 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 must, you, you must have to have Sith, right? Because you have Jedi and Sith and they... They well, duel. that's the question. Will we – the Sith are now totally extinct. There's literally no one left. The Emperor is dead. Will there be Sith? Well, I mean they before the Emperor, they thought the Sith were gone too, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean maybe we'll find the but origin. The, I mean there's, the, there's a lot of Sith, story. With the Sith, there can only be two. With the Jedi, there can be a hundred. So it's more likely that there are Jedi left somewhere than that there are Sith left. 
Or is yeah. a Sith just something you become by turning to the dark side? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we've they've never really mined like some of the extended universe stuff did this, but you know the but you know Lucas himself never really mined the depths of what is what are the Sith? What you know, is it a philosophy? Is it a, a race or planet? Is I mean, what is it? Um, and and that's a, that's a question. Like, how does one become a Sith? Yeah. Are you recruited? Uh, do you go to Sith college? Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, there's <laughs> always the the teacher and the pupil, and yes, uh, you know, or the, the master, master and, and the, the apprentice. You know, it's it's so it's an apprenticeship yeah. apparently, but. Um, and will there be a hidden enemy, a hidden villain, just like they had with you? You always thought that Darth Vader was the ultimate evil, and then you discover, well, wait a minute, there's something even more evil there. Well, and we have an arc that's going to cover at least three films. I think that's what yeah. we've been told is that they're they're mm -hmm. hoping to do three films. So you're going to have to have these. Each film is going to have to stand on its own with a with a, a victory at the end, but an overarching enemy. So I think there'll be more than one villain, one who can be defeated in each movie perhaps and then the as we say in the video games the boss villain yes uh, the master uh, plan the, the 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 ultimate villain who is in the background the devil uh, archetype yes, yes. yeah well i think that wraps it up for uh, for today's discussion uh, i mean we can easily do episodes of uh, three hours each but <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> make it too hard on our listeners but thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode please give us your feedback and your ideas your speculation or even if you have some inside information or you think you know you totally forgot this or that let us know you can always reach us via email that's the easiest way starwars at sqpn.com so that's starwars at sqpn.com that stands for starquest production network we'd love to hear your feedback and talk about it here on the show um, by the way sqpn.com is also the website where you find a lot of other shows that you might enjoy uh, we've just restarted to talk about the hobbit we have a, a weekly or bi-weekly show about the next hobbit movie the desolation of smaug we also talk about disney movies about so many other stuff that you might enjoy i do a weekly show called the break which is also about movies and technology and stuff um where can people find you uh dom well they could find me on twitter at betnet b-e-t-t-n-e-t -E -T -T -E that's also my website betnet.com and uh i'm also on facebook google plus and all those other places all right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you have a moment, uh, please uh, give us a review or rate the show on iTunes as well. That's another way to uh, help us promote this show. And uh, the next time we will probably go over the news. Let's hope there is going to be some news. And uh, there are still a lot of other plot elements that we can speculate about. And, uh, well, my list was actually twice as long as what we've been able to cover in this episode. So <laughs> there's still plenty of stuff uh, in for our next episode here on The Secrets of Star Wars. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.